Our Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of the prophet Micah, in the fifth chapter, beginning at verse 2 and continuing through verse 4. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Therefore he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Our New Testament reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Luke in the first chapter, beginning at verse 39 and continuing through verse 45 again. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. The Holy Spirit filled Elizabeth and she exclaimed, blessed are you. According to the account found in the gospel according to Luke. This is what she tells Mary. But I can't help but wonder, though, if Mary completely agreed with that assessment of Elizabeth. I can imagine her hearing her kinswoman and being a bit conflicted, to say the least. Here she is. Mary, a young woman, a girl to us, betrothed, but not yet wed, carrying a child that was not fathered by her husband-to-be, who could blame her for wondering at least once in a while along the way of this most unexpected journey she was on, why me? There can be at least a couple of ways of hearing that question, depending on the vocal inflection. Why me might be the words of one who is awestruck by the miraculous creative abilities of the king of the universe, the maker and sustainer of heaven and earth, of all things seen and unseen, of all times and realms, of the past and the present and of the future. 
but the words can also be meant to convey consternation and frustration. How often have we wondered or said or prayed this very same thought? Why me, O Lord? Why me? Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine, Humphrey Bogart, ruefully observed in Casablanca. I can imagine Mary thinking something similar. Of all the women in all the towns, in all this world, why did the Lord have to come to me? My life was going along quite all right as it was. It was arranged that I was to have a man, a good man, to look after me to take care of me and to protect me from the dangers and the hardships of a life as a single woman of the day. But now, but now all that's been put in jeopardy. All my life's dreams, hopes, and plans are out the window through no fault of my own. Why me? Why me? Whatever the unforeseen circumstance, when life throws us a curve, it's quite normal for us also to ask, why me? But because we never hear Mary ask this question, it remains an enigma, and it could well be that if she said or thought this, there was some element of both of these inflections together in her voice. Despite her confusion, her lack of full understanding, her unpreparedness for what was to come, God was determined to use this Mary to fulfill his plan. Her plans were going to be put on hold while God made some new plans for her. And these plans were for something far greater for her and for all of the world. Mary was inconvenienced, to be sure, but the sacrifice that she made by serving in this way has indeed made her blessed among all peoples. This is not the person Mary thought she was growing up. It's not the person she thought she was going to be. It's not the person that she had chosen to become. This is a story about the choices that God has made and about Mary's tender obedience to adapt, all the while trusting in the author of her life to provide, and that God provided for her and for all of humanity in ways that she nor we could never have hoped for or dreamed of. This is a wonderful, even beautiful example of the divine economy at work as God sets aside things and he even sets aside people from their ordinary uses for a special role in his great redemptive drama of creation and new creation. Mary didn't know what lay ahead. Elizabeth didn't know what lay ahead. Joseph didn't know what lay ahead. Joseph saw his son Jesus growing into a Jew young Jewish man. Elizabeth saw her son John doing the same, though it's likely that both of them died well before their children. 
Even Mary, who outlived Jesus, didn't fully know what lay ahead until after she had witnessed the resurrection. When Mary received a divine visitation that started this whole story in motion, it was announced unto her what was to take place in and through her, and her response was one of great obedience. Let it be unto me according to God's will. This nativity account in the gospel according to Luke includes reference to Mary treasuring things in her heart. In other words, she wasn't a capital E extrovert. Though the very next passage in this chapter of the gospel is often referred to as the song of Mary or the Magnificat, what had been going on in her head over the months prior was between her and God. She could not have known how the story would play out from there and what sorrow, what grief, what pain it would cause for her. But through that act and the life which it bore, the world and all in it was forever changed. The question of why me ultimately here is answered with thunderous cries of Alleluia and Amen. Countless carols and hymns have been dedicated to Mary. Fair enough, after all, she is the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. But in many ways and in many traditions, we tend to romanticize and even canonize Mary. But in many ways, she was probably not all that unlike us. When the breaks don't go our way, when the going gets tough, when we feel a bit like Charlie Brown after another missed kick attempt, why me, we ask? Why do things have to be so hard for me? I've been in these places. I've had these thoughts and feelings a time or two or more myself. I found it helpful in these seasons to remember the accounts throughout Scripture where things have gone way off script for those involved. The Bible is a book that is full of surprises and the story that it tells of creation, of salvation, and of redemption by the God of all is a story which is continuing to unfold in sometimes surprising, sometimes troubling, sometimes difficult ways. We can't know what, if any, redemptive value there may be in our own failures. My father had a high school sweetheart. Their romance was put on hold by the Second World War. When he finally returned back home to the States, he went to his hometown and he married that girl. But they were not the same two people that they had been in high school. That marriage produced a daughter, and then it fell apart. My father and his wife went their separate ways, and the church ruled it an annulment. It was a difficult chapter in both of their histories, which may well have left both of them wondering, why me, O oh Lord? 
Why me? But it was only on account of that misfortune and that suffering that I am here today. In this sense, I followed in my father's footsteps. I had a sweetheart when I was in high school whom I knew I was going to marry. Only she didn't quite see it the same way that I saw it. Consequently, we never made it to the altar. For a while, I was devastated at the loss of all my plans, but it was through that very loss that Elizabeth and Rebecca have a chance to know for themselves the pains and the joys of this existence. Life is not always the smoothest of rides. And just because we're Christians, that doesn't mean that we have a get-out-of-jail-free card when it comes to the trials, the temptations, and the tragedies of this life. But precisely because we are Christians, we have a model for knowing how to react to the hardships that inevitably will face us. The Gospels are chock full of accounts of Jesus showing us how to grapple with adversity. The epistles contain many examples of the early followers of the way of Jesus being persecuted, being imprisoned, even being martyred. You know, that at least some of those people along the way had to wonder at one time or another, why me, O Lord, why me? And yet it was precisely through such unpleasantness that the church grew into what she would eventually become. Why me? That's a fair question for mortals to ask. We who have no control over our own birth. Why would God choose to make me in the first place? A question that cannot be fully answered by anyone other than the author and the creator of life himself but one whose answer often becomes slightly clearer as we are granted the wisdom that comes with years and the accompanying ability to look back further over them and see their trajectory over time. In the recent Christmas special episode of the historical drama The Chosen, the scenes shift between Mary in the hours immediately preceding her giving birth to her firstborn son and Mary in the hours immediately preceding her own death. The viewer is given a sense of the wisdom and the peace she had been gifted in a life that had known many tears, but that had so profoundly impacted all of humanity. So as we pass through this final Sunday in the season of Advent, in these last few days before Christmas, may our preparations for the great feast of the Nativity include taking time to reflect on the ways that God has used his servants throughout history and also about how God has used and is using us in unexpected ways, ways that we may not have chosen ourselves. May we pray for his will, not ours, to continue to be done 
as he has shown us throughout the biblical record just how vastly superior it is to our own, may we continue to give thanks for his providence, which leads us into uncharted territory, into new places and new tasks, some of which can be daunting, intimidating, even threatening. And yet we go accompanied by his Holy Spirit, the comforter that he has sent to be with us always. Yea, even to the end of the age. So we can ask, why me? Why me, O Lord? And know that the answer that he has is sufficient. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God. And amen.